And then we have those who have the right sight. Well, the nearsighted churches, they are only concerned uh, with their own vicinity, their own Jerusalem, but they don't care about the mission field. The farsighted church, they care a lot about the mission field, and all their preaching is about the mission field. And every time the pastor preaches and talks about the nations overseas, he cries, but the church doesn't care much about Jerusalem. And we found yesterday that people in our Jerusalem are dying and going to hell. We need to reach them and uh, as we reach uh, the far, far away. And the third church is a church, basically the pastor would be the building keeper, and the people come just listen to any sermons. Uh, and at the end last night we saw that we need to pray that the God, you know, give us the right vision. We, we can go to an optometrist, and he will give us the right prescription, and then we can see far and near. And that's what the church should be. We need to see the mission field. We need to see our Jerusalem. And we need to develop a balanced view of uh, our Jerusalem and the world. We cannot go to the world without going through our uh, Jerusalem. And my prayer is that, Lord, we should pray, Lord, give me a balanced vision, a burden for my, my, my vicinity, my community, my city, but at the same time, Lord, give me the ability to see the, the needs all on, uh, outside, far away. And we saw yesterday that Apostle Paul had a vision. He had a choice whether to go to Asia or, uh, or somewhere else. And he saw a vision. And in the vision, it was a Macedonian man calling upon Paul and saying, come over to Macedonia and, and help us. You know, by Paul responding to that dream and going to Macedonia, God opened Europe before the gospel. If Paul were not to go to Macedonia and Philippi, probably today we would not be Christians. Uh, Europe will not be a Christian continent. Well, this morning I'm going to talk about investment. and like you to open your Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. Every one of us is an investor. You are investing. You know, Jesus said, uh, gave a parable of a farmer, and this farmer was going with the seed to the farm to, to plant the seed. And Jesus said that on his way, as he was going to the farm uh, to, to plant the seed, on the way... Some of the seed fell uh, by the wayside, others fell on stony places, and others fell on, uh, among the thorns. Now, did the farmer know that his seed were falling? The answer is no. He wanted to take all the seed and plant them in the field, but as he was going, the seed were falling as he was leaving. And the principle here that I like to share with you is that our life you, your life is a testimony. You may not know it, but if you, if you say, I am a born-again Christian, I'm a child of Christ, people are looking at your wife, at your life. Uh, sorry, people are looking at your life. <laughs> okay? And people are, are wondering, what kind of Jesus is this? So the way they see you, the way they see Jesus. So whether you know it or not, you are investing. You are investing in the lives of these people. 
And in my life, I have met many, many people who saw the life of a, the testimony of a child of God. And they said, it is worth worshiping Jesus because I see his, how Jesus changed his life. You know, my dad was a very, uh, very mean person. He would fight with everybody. He was a man who would cuss. And when he starts cussing, uh, you know, people, you need to close your ears because he was very filthy. The words that comes out of his mouth used to be very filthy. But when my dad accepted Christ as a savior, his life completely changed. And the whole area where we were living in Beirut, Lebanon, were shocked and wondered who can change my dad like that. And the answer was the Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus called upon his children call upon us to invest. This morning, I'm going to talk about investment. And in verse 19, Jesus said, Lay not for yourself treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will be where your heart be also. May the Lord bless his word to our hearts. In 1854, there was a Sunday school, a man who surrendered his life to be a, uh, surrendered to be a Sunday school teacher. Now, his name was Ed Kimball. Now, uh, Ed Kimball ministered and worked with many children. Among them was a little boy, a boy who was 13 years old. And Ed Kimball led this boy to Christ. Now, this boy... Uh, worked on, on a farm to help his widow mother. And then in 1856, this boy went to Chicago and worked as a shoe salesman. Later, this boy, who was led by Ed Kimball, surrendered to serve the Lord. And later, he became a great a preacher. This young man who got saved um, traveled one million miles. Now, remember, in 1856, there were no... Uh, transportation was not that easy. But he traveled one million miles. He ministered and preached to 100 million people. He personally dealt with 50,000 individuals. And uh, do, can you guess what's the name of this young man that became a great preacher? D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody carried put, uh, um, the American continent and the European continent. He carried them and brought them to the Lord Jesus. You know, when this young man, when, this, when Ed Kimball surrendered to be a preacher, surrendered to be a, a, a Sunday school teacher, I don't imagine that he ever thought that one of the boys that will be in his Sunday school someday will become a great a preacher and a great man of God. So he invested his life. He gave his life in order to be a Sunday school teacher. Now, Another person that comes to my mind when I think of investment is uh, uh, Adoniram Judson. Now, Adoniram, at the beginning of his life, Adoniram Judson thought that death is not for young people. He thought that young people don't die, only elderlies die. And he continued thinking like that until one of his friends died in a car accident, and that create, created a shock in the life of this young man. And later, this man uh, surrendered his life 
accepted Christ as a savior, and then later Adoniramu Judson surrendered his life to be a missionary uh, to the country of Burma. Now, while serving in the mission field, he suffered a lot. He was jailed for 17 months, endured sickness, sickness and death, and uh, uh, his, his first wife was died of disease, his second wife died, and seven of his children died in, as in the mission field. Now, Judson had one great achievement in his life, and that is while he was serving in the mission field, he translated the Bible into the Burmese language. And he compiled an English-Burmese dictionary uh, in 1849. And this opened the door. You see, he prepared the way. He, he prepared the way for other missionaries to come after him and made it easier for other missionaries to reach that country with the gospel. On April 12, 1850, Adoniram Judson went to be with the Lord, leaving behind him 100 national pastors and 7,000 church members. You know, many times we, uh, uh, as uh, individuals, sometimes the question that comes to our mind is, who am I compared to the great men of faith? Who am I? I am nobody. How God cannot use somebody like me because I am nobody. Well, if you read Hebrews chapter 11, and Hebrews chapter 11 gives us a list of great heroes of faith, and if you carefully read verses 32 through 40, you will find out that the list that the Holy Spirit gave us in Hebrews 11 is not complete. It is incomplete. And the fact is, your name can be added to that list if you, you, you invest your life in the service of the Master. You know, all these men that you read in Hebrews 11, and all men who came before us as missionaries invested their lives and gave their lives to the Lord. And God was able to use them in a mighty, mighty way. You see, investment is a very important word when it comes to missions. In Psalm chapter 126, verse 6, the Bible says, He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed. That speaks of the investment. Okay? Now, the, the verse continues and says, Shall doubtless come again, rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Now that speaks on of the uh, speaks about the return on your investments. When you go with a burden, reaching someone with the gospel, you are investing your life, giving your life to serve the Lord, but investing in that person's life. And when that person gets saved, that is the return on your investment. Now Ed Kimball and Adoniram Jetson right now are dead but they are in heaven. Now, do you think that now they are in heaven sitting with the Lord Jesus and the saints and talking about how much they owned on earth? Do you think they are discussing with the saints and giving testimonies on how successful their business was? Do you think they are talking in heaven about what brand of car they drove or how many cruises they took? Well, is, this, is it bad to do this on earth? The answer is no. You know, if God blessed you with a nice car, praise the Lord. If you can go on a cruise, go for it. It's wonderful. But you see, uh, uh, when you get to heaven, you see none of these, this will matter. Neither your, the degrees you earned on earth, 
nor your social status, nor how much power you had on earth. None of this will matter. When we make it to heaven, what matters is at that time how much we did for the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the investment. doesn't matter. You can be anything you want on earth, but when you stand before the Lord Jesus, what matters at that moment is not how your assets how successful uh, uh, you were when it comes to materialism. What matters in heaven is what you have done for the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I don't know about your country, but in America, Americans are crazy about investment. You know, in in America, uh, uh, we have 401k, and all these young people who are begin their work, they want to invest in the 401k. We have social security uh, people buy properties and houses and say, we need to do this so that we can take care of our retirement. In, in, if you turn the radios on, uh, there are programs all over America on how to invest your money. There is a man, by Dave, his name is Dave Ramsey. I don't know if he, uh, uh, you know, on, on radio here. In, uh, but Dave Ramsey, his, his program is so popular in America that sometimes it lasts three to four hours and during the program, people from all over the United States, even Canada, would call him and ask him questions. And what he does, he basically teach the American people or the people, advise them how to get rid of their debts and how to invest wisely. Question, should we think of, should you think of your retirement? Should we think of our retirement? The answer is yes, Absolutely. You and I need to think and be wise. Why? Because when we get older, I don't want to uh, beg money from my, from my children. I don't want them to give me money. I worked all my life. It is good that I will save some money so that when I am retired and I cannot work any longer, it is good that I will have something on the side in order to take care uh, of myself. That's not unwise. It is good to think of your retirement and invest today and stay out of debt so that when you are uh, 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 retired, you can enjoy your, your retirement. But here are the facts. Here are the facts. Number one, life is short. Life is short. No matter how long you live, you, life is short. My aunt uh, was 105 years old when she passed away. And the last time I saw her and hugged her and kissed her in Beirut, she was still thinking of the future. And in my mind, I said, Aunt, you cannot see. You can barely hear. Thinking of the future, you see, it is in, within the human being. When I was a little boy, I, I, I like Adonirama Jetson, I thought, we do not, you know, there are two, two uh, clans in this world. You have the clan of the young people, and then you have the clan of the adults. And the, I don't know how the, the elderly became elderly. I used to think they were born, born old. And, you know, we the young people are always, we're going to stay young. And the, uh, the old people are always going to stay old. And I, I couldn't figure out why, why are they so old. You know, now as I look at my life, I say, where did the time go? Where did the time go? Yesterday I was young, playing soccer, football, and basketball, and volleyball, leading the young people. Today, you know, I'm a grandfather. And, you know, last uh, few months ago, I came back from a trip. 
my children had a cake and said, happy birthday, daddy, dad. Well, you know, I was shocked because they just had another cake not too long ago celebrating my, my birthday and my time. Where did the time go? You know, we just put the tree, the Christmas tree, and celebrated, and Rosanne and I worked so hard to buy gifts. You know, now the, the year is already about half over. Now we're beginning to think of, uh, uh, in America, you know, Thanksgiving Day and Christmas. You know, time is very short, and, and man, you know, uh, we grow so fast, we grow very quickly. You know, David looked at his life, and in few words, he described whole, his whole life. He said, I was young. And now I am what? I am old. In these four words, he, he passed seven. He was 75 years when he said that. You know, it is good to invest. It's good to think of our earthly retirement. But the fact is, number one, life is short. Number two, uh, you need, your priorities should be right. You know, as the children of God, as God's people, we need to have the right priorities. You know, Paul said that we have treasure in earthly vessel. We have a treasure in earthly vessel. Now, I'm, allow me to think out of the box, okay? If, you, if I have somebody stand here, and I will ask you, where is the treasure? Okay, if I look at you and ask you, where is the treasure? What will be the treasure in you as a human being? The answer is your spirit. Correct? Your spirit is the treasure. Why? Because um, uh, your, your body is not the treasure. It's what's in your body. Question. What is the most expensive car that a human being can buy? Anybody knows? Anybody, anybody into cars? Would you call my son and ask him? <laughs> he is into cars. You, is there a car called Maserati? You know, that car is about $500,000. Well, suppose somebody, you, you bought a car that's cost $500,000, and you're very proud of that car, and you're driving it, and some drunk, somebody who is drunk will hit your car and total it. And then the police comes, and he calls 911 because you as a driver were injured. Now, remember, that car is $500,000, and the, the, the ambulance comes. When the ambulance comes, will the ambulance take the car to the hospital? No. I mean, even if it were $500,000, they are going to take the driver. Because in the car, the treasure is the driver, not the car. You see, this is, this is the fact of life. You see, uh, uh, this, your spirit is the precious part. Your body, when the time comes, your spirit will go, but your body will be dissolved and uh, will return uh, to dust. So we need to realize, understand that our spirit is what matters in this whole, whole body. Okay, number one, our life is short. Number two, we need to realize that there, we have a treasure. God, God gave us a treasure, and it is not the flesh, but the spirit. Number three, and this is very important, men don't exactly die. You guys don't die. We don't die because our, the, our spirit continues to live. Our spirit continues to live. Jesus said, and whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall what? Never die. We don't die. We don't die. Now, whether we are saved or not, we don't die. Remember that rich man 
that uh, died, and he, op- he thought, well, you know, when that rich man died, he thought his life was over, right? And then he opens his eyes, and where did he find himself? In hell. So we don't die, our, 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 we move. You know, in Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1 says, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So uh, uh, our life, our life continues. So we, we leave our body here, but our life continues. So if this is true, what does it make planet Earth? A temporary abode, right? A temporary abode. You know, Abraham lived in a tent. And when, they, when we ask Abraham, Abraham, why didn't you live in a house? His answer is that because the tent reminds me that my life is temporary. In, in 2011, there was an uprising in Egypt. And tonight I will be talking about it. You know, we, I was, my, my partner and I were stuck in Egypt. There were uh, millions of people demonstrating, uh, stores were burned. So we decided to go to the airport and leave Cairo, leave Egypt. Well, when we got to, uh, to Cairo, there were about 10,000 people who had the same idea as we had. And when I saw the 10,000, I didn't know how to get into the counter so that I can get the boarding pass. And I believe God sent us an angel because somebody came and said, follow me, I will get you to the counter. And then when I turned around to get to tip him, he wasn't there. So I believe it was the Lord. Anyway, Delta was waiting for us. He said, your names are here. And they flew us to Amsterdam. Well, we arrived in Amsterdam about 12 midnight. And our plane to the United States was supposed to go the next day, the following day. Well, we slept in in the airport. We ate at the airport. We walked and we did a lot of window shopping at the airport. Now, suppose I meet someone at the airport and uh, he will say, Hey, Brother Figali, good to see you. Where do you live? What is your address? I'd like to contact you. Would I say, well, I live at the airport? This is my life. You know, here I live. Would I say that? No. But, you know, I am at the airport for 12 hours, but that doesn't mean that this is my home. My answer would be, well, I am waiting. At, I, my, I live in the, uh, uh, let's say, in the United States. And, you know, planet Earth is like an airport. You are here to get your passport in, in order and stamp your visa so that when the plane comes, it will take you. And on planet Earth, there are two airlines. There is one airline that will take you to heaven. And then there is another airline will take you to hell. And on planet Earth, God put you here to get your visa. If you belong to Jesus, your airline will take you to heaven. But if you reject Christ, your, the airline, the plane, will take you uh, to hell. So planet Earth is only temporary. But no matter what you do, I don't care what these atheists in Europe think. Your life will continue and man will not die because your spirit will continue to live. Now, here is another fact. Very important fact. We're talking about investment. Okay? Now, your life on earth cannot be compared to eternity. Your life on earth cannot be compared to eternity. You know, uh, 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 if you look at your life and think of eternity... Somebody thought, said that it, it, our life compared to eternity will be like a dot. 
But I think that dot, you need a microscope to see it if you want to compare your life to eternity. There was a song which we used to sing when I was a teenager. It says, when we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun. You know that song? Well, you know, at that time when I was little, I was a little boy and used to sing that song, we were not very educated. We we were not good in math. So afterwards, people got more educated. They were able to count more. Then a few years later, we said, when when we've been there 10 million years, we were more educated. Later, you know, now you're in America with all the deficit in the budget, now we sing and say, when, we'll be, when we've been there 10 trillion years, and someday the whole world will be uh, 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 you know, in deficit financially, we'll say, when we've been there 10 zillion years. But it doesn't matter how been there, we're gonna, that will look like so short compared to our life on earth. Life on earth is very short compared to uh, eternity compared to eternity. And we need to realize this fact so that we can be wise in our investment, in our investment. There is another fact. The Bible teaches us that the wise man invests in his eternity. The wise man, the wise person, is the one who invests in his eternity. If you are wise and you are investing in your earthly retirement, you need also to be wise and invest in your eternity. Why? Because eternity is much, 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 much longer than your life on earth. And this is what Jesus said. He said, lay not up for yourself treasure upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal it. You know, by the way, I noticed when I came to Ireland, that uh, a lot of people told me about things have been stolen and, you know, uh, uh, you know I noticed there, there are alarms in every home we visited, you know, because we are afraid of thieves. So on earth, there are thieves who steal. But, you know, you, our government is the biggest thief. Do you know that? You know, that the, the U.S. dollars, during the last 10 years, the U.S. dollars lost 25% of its value. So if you have $2,500 in your pocket 10 years ago, and you still have it in your pocket, today it's worth $75, not $100 anymore. You see, that's what Jesus said. He said, and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourself treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through and steal. In other words, do not lay your treasure on earth because it can be stolen. You need to lay your treasure in heaven. Now, should we invest in our heavenly treasure? The answer is absolutely. Why? Jesus said, invest in your heavenly treasure. Why should we invest in our heavenly treasure? Two reasons. Number one, no one can steal our heavenly treasure. It's an eternal investment. Number two, where your heart is, where your treasure is, there will your heart be. If you put your treasure in heaven, that's where your heart will be. And someday when we cross the river and go to the other life to be with Jesus, we will have a treasure waiting for us in heaven. Now, how do you invest in heaven? How do you invest in heaven? What can you do? To have, a, to have a treasure in heaven. Number one, you need to win souls. You need to be a soul winner. Somebody 
won you to Christ. He invested in your life. And you need to invest in him. The Bible says that, And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the star forever and forever. Yesterday we were watching the news and they were talking about the celebration of those, they call them stars in, in Cannes, France. And everybody is acting in a movie and they are, they are so proud that they gave them trophies. You know, I, I told them, uh, Florence that, you know, these people are so vain. Number one, an actor is a pretender. He is not himself. He's pretending to be something else. Number two, they, they honor one another. You see, but when we go to heaven, there will be the real stars. Because it is the Lord Jesus, the creator of everything, who will honor you. And what did Daniel say? He said, the one who will truly be honored is the one who went and took someone on his way to hell and brought him to Christ. So you want to invest in, heaven, in your heavenly treasure? Be a soul winner. Go tell someone and win him to Jesus. Let me ask you this question. You are saved. I assume everyone here is saved. My question is this. Since the day of your salvation until today, did you lead one person to Christ? Don't answer me. You answer yourself. Have you led one person to Christ? If not, what are you waiting for? And if yes, praise the Lord. Continue to do that. So how do we invest in our eternity? Number one, be a soul winner. That will make you a star in heaven. Number two, God gave each of us a talent. Some of us can play piano. Some of us can sing. Some of us can preach. Maybe God didn't call you to be a preacher or pianist. Didn't give you a, a good voice. But you can be an usher at the door. Maybe you cannot be an usher at the door. Maybe you can, God called you to clean the church. God gave you a talent and a gift, and God expects you to invest it. So invest your talent and your gift in the work of the Lord. And number three, and this is very important, you want, you want to uh, have a treasure in heaven? Give to missions. Give to missions. Now, why should we support missions? Why should we give to missions? The answer, because we cannot go. We cannot go. The Bible says either go or give. Why do you give? You, you have a job. You have a family. You cannot leave your family and job and go somewhere else. But you can give so that someone else can go and reach the mission field with the, with the gospel. You see, when you give, when you give, you are becoming a partner with that missionary. Tonight, I'm going to be showing a, a PowerPoint. I'm going to be talking about what God is doing in the Middle East. You know, I can do that because churches like this one invest in my ministry. So those who are investing, the reason I will be showing my PowerPoint tonight to tell you that your investment brought a lot of return. Look what God is doing in the Middle East because you stood behind us and because you prayed for us. You cannot come to the Middle East. I can go to the Middle East. But together, we can be partners reaching that part of the world. Paul said, he that soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall all reap also bountifully. The, uh, the, the Lord is going to lay um, an amount upon your heart. This money that God says, give it to missions, 
actually it is it will really help us as missionaries but actually it will be an investment in your eternal treasure so that one day when we go to glory god will use it and you will be you will be able to enjoy a eternal life there you know uh, winning uh, becoming a partner becoming a partner how much you should give that's up to you you that's up to you you know when you support missionaries you become a partner and share the benefit i have a friend he's a great preacher you know i describe him as the dial moody of the middle east he used to be our neighbor got saved there was an attempt on his life and god spared his life and all that one day i was preparing you know i started my plant church planting ministry by going to greece and turkey and preaching revival to the refugees who were who were about to leave their those countries into europe north america and australia so we felt that you know if we can lead them to christ in greece and turkey then when they go to the uh, the you know the immigration place or the europe or america they will already be christians and join good churches there well one day as i was preparing myself this pa- this brother his name is maurice he calls me from nowhere from california he said brother figali what are you up to i said well brother maurice so good to hear your voice how are you doing he said i'm doing well i said well i am preparing myself i said i am going to go to greece and turkey we already made arrangements to preach revival to the arabs to the kurds both in turkey in 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 greece in athens and istanbul to my surprise this brother asked me he said brother brother edgar uh, he said i like to have more uh, uh, more harvest he said can i go would you take me with you you know i thought at the beginning number one he was older than i and he was a great preacher i thought i said okay brother maurice here is the deal i said i will buy your plane ticket but here is my deal i said you preach but people who get saved you and i will share them in front of the lord if you accept the deal i'll take you with me well praise the lord he did accept the deal that was a nice nice trip to me before me because i didn't have to preach and yet i saw all these souls coming forward and accepting christ as their savior you know the bottom line is this you need to invest in your eternal life as a christian you have eternal life and uh, this life is sh- on earth is short but in order to invest in your eternal life you need to invest in the souls of people either souls of people you win to Christ or support missionaries who will go to the mission field and win people to Christ and some day when the trumpet sounds and we go to heaven millions of people will make it to glory because of your love and giving to missions let's bow our heads to pray I wonder today you know as I look at many of you I can see that somebody invested and you got saved and came to Ireland and what a blessing to be a member of this church that's the result of somebody's investment in your life would you say brother figali I want to make a commitment unto the lord I'm going to give to missions and I'm going to be a soul winner but I want to give in mission to missions I want to invest through the ministries of missionaries so that someday i will get the return when i go to heaven will you pray that prayer with me 
Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love to us. Thank you, dear Lord, because you are a wonderful God. You were, Jesus was the first missionary, and he had to travel trillions and zillions of miles to come to planet Earth to die on the cross in order to save us. Father, help us to walk few miles, few kilometers, and reach someone with the gospel. And Lord, give us a heart like that of Jesus. Give us eyes like the eyes of Jesus. Give us ears to hear the cry of the unsaved. Develop compassion and reach our community, our Jerusalem with the gospel. Bless our pastor and his family. Bless the deacons and every member here. May this day be unique and many people will be blessed. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you.